Hey everyone, this is Chris and Sandy Bent with the Chris and Sandy Show. We get up close and personal with some amazing guests throughout the entertainment industry. And today, like I say on every episode, we got a great show for you. We got Hannah Ellis coming on. She's doing some great things out there in the music world. And we're excited to talk a little bit about her story and music and see where this goes. So Hannah, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. And I think you're like the fifth Hannah we've had on our show. No way. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's I love that. My mom says, she always says that she never knew anybody named Hannah until I was born. And she's like, and she's like everyone in your class was named that. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um, now, I kind of like to start the show out the same way I do um, in this crazy time that we're in. As you know, a lot of people, the entertainment world just got shut down. Mm -hmm. And so I want to talk about that first. Um, how has COVID affected you and what have you done to kind of maneuver through this crazy new maze we have? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely had an effect in the sense of like shows being shut down because that's such a big part of my artistry is the live shows. In 2019, I went on two different tours. I was out with CMT Next Women. I went out with Gavin. Wow. So I did a lot um, of live music. And so when that shut down, that definitely had a huge effect but you know I just kind of poured myself into the songwriting aspect of um of music and tried to really focus on that portion and just preparing my mind and also staying positive it sounds kind of silly um but that was a big focus for last year because I literally signed my record deal a year ago tomorrow oh wow <laughs> so the timing was interesting because <laughs> finally achieve this thing I'm working so hard for. And then everybody's like, wait a second, hold on. You can't do it. <laughs> yeah. So I think a big thing for me was just staying positive and knowing that like there would be a light at the end of the tunnel and to just continue creating music because that's something you can do from anywhere, home or wherever, wherever you're at, you know? Yeah. That's like for us with this show, we launched January 3rd of 2020. Oh. And our original plan was, you know, 100 interviews first year. And we thought, and to be honest, we thought that was pushing it. You know, yeah. 100 interviews, that's a lot of interviews. And then oh COVID happens. And I told Sandy, I was like, this could be our shining light, you know, because yeah. a lot of artists are now going to need a place to talk, and, and including ones that are a little bigger that wouldn't go on brand new shows. And mm -hmm. we're a brand new show. Awesome. So we just like, so I started reaching out to everybody last year and you know and next thing we know we're at 300 interviews last year oh my gosh that's amazing congratulations and we pre and, and we've pivoted a little bit because we went from just a country music show to a music show to an entertainment show because now right. we bring on not just artists but we bring on actors too and, it, and it's, it's just been a crazy time that you know five years from now if we're the if we're a bobby bones show or a ty bentley show we will kind of owe covid that yeah and you know what's funny it's like i always say that like I hate to admit it, but I had a great year, you know, and a lot of that was personally I got engaged, I bought a house. So we got to do a lot of life things that sometimes when you're in the music industry, you don't really have time to like do regular life things like everyone else gets to do. And uh, last year we really had space for that. And honestly, just being home, you know, because that's a change. Mm. And we'll be talking about that side of it that you're talking about now. No time a little bit later because I always want to talk about that side of it. But when, you know, a lot of people, they ask, when did you know you want to do music? But I like to always go deeper than that. When did it click that it could actually be a career for you? 
Um, let's see. It's like a couple different little moments. You know, when I was a child, I was a singer and my parents sang for weddings. And so like singing was always part of our lives. But growing up in a small town, you just don't know that it's possible. Not that people wouldn't support you in it. You just don't know that people, I didn't even know people wrote songs for a living. You know? <laughs> I didn't know that was a thing. And so, um, so I was a senior in high school and I had this kind of epiphany where I was like, I need to do music. It's the thing that I want to do with my life. And my parents were like, wait a second, you have a full ride scholarship to college. Oh, wow. <laughs> and so we kind of made a deal where they were like, you know, we'll help you start to pursue this music dream if you'll go on to school and do that. And and so I, did. I went to the University of Kentucky and I started traveling back and forth from Lexington to Nashville. Um, but I think, yeah, my senior year is when I really that very end of that, I don't know if it was just because I was about to step into this new season of life. Mm -hmm. I just felt this, I really like felt God calling me to it. Honestly, I just wow. felt overwhelming feeling that it was truly what I was meant to do and made to do. And, and I kind of never looked back after that. I love to hear that. And my wife is actually from Kentucky, the little town called Pikeville, Kentucky. Oh, I know where that's at. I've done, I played some shows there. <laughs> that well, that's the old festival is what? Is the Black Gold Festival of Pikeville? I have no idea. My wife would probably know. <laughs> I know that. <laughs> but I, I do know the hillbilly days are. And right. <laughs> I remember the first time I met her, um, we met online back in February um, of 02. And she flew down here in March. But then the next time I went up there, it was my turn to go up and see her. And it was right in the middle of hillbilly days. And, and I happened to be at a hotel where they all stayed at. But the craziest thing was I remember me and my mom, we drove up there and we put, we met Sandy at a place and she, and she had me follow her back to her place and we're going up through these little mountain things. And I'm sitting there like, where's she taking us? Cause now I'm like, remember we met online and stuff. Oh, and she's like, <laughs> like, where's she taking us in these little backwoods? And we get yeah. on her street and it's one lane. So if two people come at each other, somebody's got to back up. Oh yeah. You know? And so one of them hollers and I never heard of that until her. So it was, it was a crazy. Adventure. So wait, where are you based out of? Savannah, Georgia. Okay. Well, we're planning on moving out to Nashville probably it was the next 12 months. I love that. It's a good place to live. <laughs> I mean, again, our our show, even though we were entertainment of all, it's our roots will always be country music. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so um, what's some hobbies you like to do outside of music? And you probably got more now since things slowed down a little bit. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, I love cooking. Well, I love food and drink in general. I love exploring. So something I started when I went out with Gavin DeGraws, I started these videos. They're called A Taste of Tour. Mm -hmm. And the idea is that all these different cities I go to, I try to find like the best places to eat and drink in these cities because I'm so passionate about food. And yeah. I love cooking, which is what I really got into even more so last year <laughs> doing some little cooking shows. But I just, I'm really passionate about food and I kind of grew up, you know, my dad loved food a lot. And when we would travel, we would always go to these different restaurants. And, and so as I got older, that just evolved into a real passion for me. Um, and then the other thing I do is kind of funny. It's a true hobby. Uh, I actually make scrapbooks, like oh, cool. scrapbooks, like 
where you cut it all out and paste it all together. And, and it's actually really fun because I have one for like every year of mine and my fiance's relationship. You know, I just kind of got into it and now there are these little highlight reels and it's very fun to look back and see things that we thought were worth making a page of, you know, <laughs> six years ago. And then it's something that maybe we do all the time now, you know? Yeah. That, like, that's what's funny. You know, a lot of kids, they, um, they see people on TV that they like and they would love to talk to them. Mm -hmm. And little Chris, you know, he watches a lot of Nickelodeon and we've been able to bring a lot of show people that's on his shows on, on our, our show. Yeah, so that's it's, that's awesome. like a normal life to, to him. That's just something you do. Talk to people on TV. <laughs> it's awesome. I love that. <clears throat> so what would you say is something quirky about you? Oh gosh, quirky. I don't know. That's always a hard one for me. <laughs> who I am as a person in general. Um, I don't know. I'm really, really into the Enneagram. I don't know if that's oh, wow. or not, but yeah, it's kind of a personality test. Mm. Um, and I don't, I don't really get into horoscopes or things yeah. like that, but something yeah. about this just really struck me and is really fascinating to me. And I'm, I'm a huge people person. I love creating community and being with people. And that was one that just, I've just really fallen in love with it. And I'm an Enneagram two wing three, which means I'm a helper, but also a performer. And so it just helps. I've me. done the disc test, but okay, I yeah, it's similar. It's similar. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was just something that I've kind of been unpacking over the last couple of years. And I would say what's, maybe that would make me quirky. I don't really what's know. What's funny is on the disc part, I think I'm the I with a little bit of D. Okay. Yeah, I love that. Because <laughs> yeah. I you know, got to have center of attention sometimes. Uh, oh, but, yeah. but, <laughs> you know, I like to drive, but I don't like, you know, I'm not, I'm a drive. I guess I'm more of a driver in 2020 because we went full force with this. But before that, it was like, I just want, you know, if I can't have fun, then I don't want to do it. That's yeah. just my okay. personality. <laughs> I get that. I get that for sure. <clears throat> so as you know, a lot of people, they see the glory of a Blake Shelton, of a Miranda, of a Carrie, but they don't see the grind, the sacrifice, the tears, the struggles that it takes not just to get their levels, but even a career level within music. Yeah. And I always want to talk about that side of it, the yeah. sacrifice and struggle side, because nobody really talks about this side of it. Mm -hmm. They always like sugarcoat it and gloss over it because they want to talk about the highlights. And But I want to talk about the lowlights a little bit. Yeah. And I'm going to tell a quick story to kind of help guide where this go, want yeah. us to go. But back in 2014, we interviewed Allison Steele from Two Steel Girls. And at that time, her and her daughter were full-time with music. Yeah. And I remember asking Allison what advice she'd given up and coming artists. And I'll never forget her answer. It changed the way I look at a lot of things, to be honest with you. Um, but her answer, she said, this will sound funny coming from someone full time. But if you can see yourself doing something else, go do that and just keep this as a hobby. She goes, because the moment you want it to be a career, everything has to change. Your life changes. She goes, you, you no longer own your own life. Everybody owns a little piece of it. Your friends don't understand because they invite you to weddings, to cookouts, to weekends, to holidays. But when you're in that grind mode, especially at the beginning, you have to say no to everything because you have to have all that time to say yes to music. You have to be practicing. You have to do this and that. And a lot of times someone with a nine to five job, they just don't understand because they tune out at five o'clock. Right. You can't tune out as an artist. And then she said, then your family has to sacrifice on top of that. They have to kind of kick you out the door and, and share you with the world. Mm -hmm. And in a way, 
they get the leftovers, not the best part of you because you're out there doing your thing, Mm -hmm. you know? So then they have to be willing to accept that. But then, but she added, if you cannot see yourself doing anything else, then go all in. Mm -hmm. Because the only way that those kind of sacrifices could ever be worth it. What do you think of what she said? Let's talk about that. It's actually amazing because that's actually something I say to people quite often as well. Like I literally verbatim that statement. <laughs> you can see yourself doing something else. You should do that. Anything in the arts or entertainment yeah. industry, uh, whether it's acting or comedy or music, it is it is so fulfilling on one end of the spectrum mm-hmm. because you are truly doing, like I said, when I had that moment where I just felt like God really saying this, this is what he wanted me to do. You are so fulfilled in your spirit, but it does come at the price of building a life, buying a house, (laughs) having kids. Like you don't get to do that at the same pace that other people do. You aren't like, Oh, and then we're going to meet and then we're going to get married and then we're going to have kids. Like you go, okay, well, we knew we wanted to get married back in, 2017 but we didn't really have time we didn't really every dollar needed to go to cutting records and every dollar needed to go to going to shows and who has time to plan a wedding well then 2020 happens and we're like now's the time (laughs) so it's like it's kind of a dream for me where i got to i got to have a year to plan my wedding no artist ever gets that (laughs) you know someone else plans it you know so it's like kind of funny that that happened that way but you're exactly right it it does cost a lot in other spaces of life. Um, but it's so fulfilling when you're standing on the stage, when you're looking into someone's eyes that is like, has that feeling and you can just see on their face that they're like, yes, this is what I needed today. Or this song is speaking to me. This is my life. And because I remember being that person, which is what drew me to being in music in the first place, you know? But yeah, I mean, the sacrifices, you have to look at it and decide, are the sacrifices worth the payoff? Even yeah. if the payoff is not a stadium. If the payoff is a dive bar with mm-hmm. 75 people in it, is it worth it? Because you can't guarantee you can't guarantee what success looks like, you know, yeah. for, for a musical <laughs> artist. I don't know, you know, and you also can't guarantee time. The other advice I always give to people is more people would make it if more people stayed. Yeah. It's time. It is time. I have lived in Nashville for eight years and I've been doing music. What I would say, like seriously treating it like a career for 12 now. Last year. They say it's 10 year city, right? Exactly. Exactly. And so it's like, and sometimes you, you, it, it really is that. And, and if you stay the course and you just keep grinding because you don't know it'll just all of a sudden that that door that you've been standing at one shot, it'll just open. And, and it's because of this compiled work and energy. And so to everyone else, it looks like, Oh my gosh, they came out of nowhere. And it's like, but they didn't. I mean, Luke Combs is a great example. You just outlast everybody. Exactly. It's tenacity. It's tenacity (laughs) over everything else. And you know, what's funny about the outlasting. um, I remember hearing a joke that talked about two guys in the woods and there's a bear pops up and one guy jumps on the ground, putting his shoes on. The other guy says, you can't outrun that bear. He says, I don't have to. He's got to outrun you. Yeah, exactly. exactly. And that's kind of what the, the entertainment industry is, is, is there's room for a lot of people, yeah. but most people will give, give up. If you're now granted, you got to have talent, 
But if you've got the talent, then you just got to outlast the other people that eventually as they start quitting. Now you've got your 10, 20, 10, 15 years in and you start to build that momentum and then everything starts to happen. And there'll be time. There will be times around that, like, you know, seven year mark. And you're like, am I giving up my life? For nothing, you know? <laughs> and you're like, uh, but it's exactly the point you were making earlier, which is, you're like, but I can't imagine doing anything else and and feeling fulfilled and feeling like I'm I'm truly pursuing my purpose, you know? Yeah, and, and that and and we're chasing the same dream y'all are, just a different platform, you know. We're trying to be the Bobby Bones, the Ty Bentley, the Kelly Clarkson yeah. show, you know, and all that. In fact. That's kind of a new dream. We've always wanted to be the Bobby Bones Ty Bentley, but, you know, watching Kelly Clarkson and, and since we bring actors and all that on, we're like, you know what? We just want it all. We'll, we'll, yeah. we'll take the TV show where we bring on everybody, you know? Yeah. And so we've got that. We're chasing the same dream. We don't know if it's going to work. You know, we, you know, we put in 40 plus hours a week with, with yeah. this, with no money coming in from this. We have to do other things to stay afloat while we build this. And we got two kids on top of that. Yeah. So, trying to balance all this with two kids, husband and wife team mm -hmm. that we work with this and then not knowing if this will ever work and pay mm -hmm. off. But then I, re but then I remember back in January 3rd of 2020, the first show we did, we interviewed Ashlyn Grace and Ava Page. Oh. And I remember they were our first two artists that we got to interview. Mm -hmm. And I remember after it was over, I told Sandy, this is it. This is what we're supposed to do. I know it. I felt called. For my, I felt like God had us right here. It just made sense of all the stuff that we've done through the years that this made sense. And it was like, um, it just felt right. Yeah, I'm, I totally get it. I totally get it. <clears throat> and so um, speaking of that, we talked about the sacrifices a little bit. Let's go the other way now. Let's talk about the glory side. Um, when you look back on your career so far, what are a few moments where you're like, wow, I got to do that? Oh, gosh, there's so many. Um, gosh. Hmm. I think that something that I thought was really special, and it wasn't, you know, that long ago, but when I got to go on the CMT Next Women tour, that was something I'd always really wanted to do. And wow. also having my face on the side of a bus was pretty cool. I was like, <laughs> okay, this is like retro 90s energy and I'm definitely here for it. You know, I mean, so I'm, I mean, that as well as, you know, different award shows I've been invited to. And I got nominated to, um, for the AIMP Awards for. Oh, wow. Like rising singer songwriter or uh, songwriter artist, and and like just moments like that that have just been really special to me and make me feel you know validated. Like you have to validate yourself a lot in this industry, but huh. when when they give that back to you a little bit, it it's it's it feels very good. And and honestly, one of the most special moments was signing my record deal last year. Um, it's something I've worked really hard for and really wanted for a long time and I have the perfect team. I love my team over at Curb and I think it, the timing was exactly right. And so that's something that I'll always remember. And then also I got my first, I was part of the Russell Dickerson's first record and it went oh, wow. gold last year. And so I got my first plaque. That was a really <laughs> big one for me. Taking <laughs> <in> her office. <laughs> 
And you can't, and people can't take that away. That's right. something that you can treasure and tell your kids, look at what I got to do. Whether, now granted, I believe you're going to make it big, but whether you make it big or not, that's something they can't take away. Exactly. And honestly, touring is it for me, though. That's the thing that no matter where I'm at, that I stand on the stage, I'm like, I can't believe I get to do this. This is crazy. This is crazy that people pay money to come and watch me sing songs. That's crazy. You know? <laughs> Oh, I, I get it. You know, just like with our show, you know, we had, we've had Randy Travis, Sarah Evans, Amazing. Lee Bryce, and Sandy and I are like, I remember one time we were driving and we still do like side, like I said, we deliver food in the evening so we can stay float while we build this. And I remember we were driving, delivering a food to somebody. And I said, can you believe that tomorrow we got Randy Travis on our show and we're delivering? You know, it's, it's amazing, <laughs> but it is, it's so cool. And that's, what's amazing too, is like, when you have these, when you have these really special moments that are juxtaposed by real life and the grind, as you were saying earlier, you know, it's like if people only knew that like this outfit I wore to this award show when I was on TV was borrowed and like, you know, it's like little details that it's so fun to come home to your, at the time, 700 square foot apartment from an award show where your mom and dad are like, we just saw you on TV, you know, it's like, it's cool. <laughs> It's cool. The grind is part of the, it's part the of the journey, you know? And, and you know, the grind too, what a lot of people don't realize, you know, a lot of people don't like the grind side, but if you don't enjoy the journey itself, when you do get to whatever de destination you're getting to, you won't enjoy that either. Yeah. Yes. Agreed. And, but it is, this is the fun part, you know, the, the glamour is fun too, but like <laughs> the work, the work has to, you have to enjoy the work. And you don't, and to be honest, you know, you don't want something that everybody can do because then it, it is not as valuable, right. you know, being an artist, being a Blake Shelton, mm -hmm. not everybody can do what he does. Right. That's why he gets a lot of money and all the accolades and all that. And, right. and so when you get to that point, it means more where if everybody can be at that level, well, it don't, will it really mean the same then? Right. No, I agree. So there's so many great points. And I love that because, again, you know, when you look at the music world, the entertainment world, a lot of people don't understand it. And, and you know, we're all I don't care who you are. People can, you know, but we all need validation from somewhere. Yeah. We're, and although we want to do it from the inside, sometimes it helps us to get it from the outside world where I say, oh, then you finally. Oh, I am good enough. Cause, you know, all my life I never felt yes. good enough. Yeah, but this show has helped me realize. Okay, I am good enough, and I know that in God's eyes I'm good enough. But because right. sometimes you look up to God and you're like, "Why are you choosing me? Yeah. You know, uh, why? Why? You, there's all these other people to do something. Why me? So yeah, <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. It's something that happens constantly. <clears throat> you know, and speaking of um, things that happen, you know, a lot of people, they see you as the artist, but they don't see the teams behind the artists. And in my opinion, the teams never get the love they deserve. But on mm -hmm. our show, they get some love. So if you want to take a few moments just to tell us about the team that helps you be who you are. Um, you know, I would say it's a couple different teams. You know, mm -hmm. I actually still don't have a manager, which is kind of hysterical. It just hasn't worked out yet. And it's kind oh, of wow. okay so far. Um, but I would say that, so I'm at Curb for my songwriting and as a label artist, but you know, it takes a village. And when they say that, that is true. And it not only takes the people that you're working with now, it takes the people that helped get you here, you know, 
the publisher that gave me my record deal, uh, Janine Appleton, back in 2015, you know, she really helped set me up for success moving forward. And you know, she's not even at our company anymore. And I love yeah. my publishing team now. They're so amazing. And they help me get with people that understand what I do musically and as an artist and as a songwriter. And so they help fulfill that part of my career, as well as the co-writers that I write with all the time. I couldn't make the music I do without them because they allow me to be myself and they bring incredible energy and incredible ideas and musicality to the room that I just don't have or that complements what I do. Yeah. But on the other side of the artistry, I have this incredible label behind me with this radio team and marketing team that are so pumped up and so excited. I'm constantly in communication with them. And I joke that I sometimes feel like I'm bragging because of how much I get to talk to my team and how much I love them. Cause I know that's not everybody's experience. Not yeah. Can text their A&R or their radio head of radio or their head of marketing at 11 o'clock at night and pretty much assume that person's going to hit them back, you know, or ask questions that maybe you're like, hey, I kind of feel like an idiot for asking this. And they're like, no, nope, you're, you're not an idiot. Here's the answer, you know? And I'm just really blessed to be there with surrounded by the kind of positivity and encouragement that everybody over at Curb gives me on a consistent basis. Love that. And, you know, speaking of teams, we have a third co-host, which hopefully Sandy's listening. She can send him in. But our little Chris are getting him prepared for to do something. So, you know, and our two-year-old, in fact, she just turned two on Saturday. So, um, so when we, she gets older, we plug at her and she already seems chatty, even though she can't talk yet, but you can tell like, uh uh-oh, she's going to be chatty. That's right. <laughs> That's awesome. Very, very good. Uh, we, we have a co-host joining us. <laughs> Hello, sir. Hi, Hannah. So what's your favorite food? Oh, my favorite food, pizza. That's a quick and easy answer. What's yours? Nice pizza. We have the same favorite food? <laughs> yes. Kind of, okay, what kind of pizza, though? Uh, pepperoni and sausage. Okay, you lost me with the sausage, but I can get <laughs> pepperoni. Have you ever tried banana peppers on your pizza? Uh, nope, never tried yet. You should. Next time, just ask for some banana peppers. It's a game changer. Wow. <laughs> it's pretty incredible. Okay. What's your favorite TV show? Ooh, favorite TV show? Ooh. I think the one that I could watch anytime would probably be The Office. Have you ever watched The Office? Uh, nope. Pretty good. What's your favorite TV show? My SpongeBob. Oh, I used to love SpongeBob. He's still around. I used to love SpongeBob. That was a good show. Yeah. Talk about the episode. Have you ever seen the episode where he was trying to become a fancy chef? Yes. And so they dump all the stuff out of his brain. I sometimes joke that that's what happened when I became a songwriter. I don't remember anything that happened in life before. Yes, I have seen that episode like. I've seen that episode like 100 times. It's <laughs> funny, isn't it? So have I. Yes. When you yeah, said about being a fancy chef, I knew exactly which one. I was like, yeah. oh, I know that one. I really, that's me all the time where I'll just be in my hometown. I'll be like, wait, how do I get there? And I'm like, I've driven this road a million times, but all I can think about is musical things. <laughs> <laughs> or you're driving down the road and you get to a point and you're like, did I even 
I don't remember no red lights because you're thinking, okay, did I run any red lights? You know, because yeah, you know, it's a habit of driving that same way. <laughs> but what's been cool about the show, you know, about this show is um, he watches a lot of Nickelodeon shows mm -hmm. from a little new show called Side Hustle. We've had a couple people from Side Hustle come on. We've had the Josh Joshua from um, what that one? What's that show called? Uh, Blues Clues. Blues Clues, come on! No way. Yeah. That's awesome. So we've had several, and then new, you know, the, one of the newer shows on MeTV. Um, mm -hmm. Tune in with me. Um, the main guy of that's come on. So he, so we, he's been able to talk to people that that uh, that kids don't get to talk to, and it's uh, so it's been really crazy. All this that's happening is like that's, awesome. that's normal to him. Yeah. So funny. That's so exciting. Are you loving it then, Chris? Yes. Yeah, you're having fun, I'm sure. Yeah. Okay, do you have any more important questions? Uh, nope, that's it. That's it. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> yeah, he loves that part, you know. Can imagine. Watch it. Yep. He said he's going to do his own podcast one day. So I guess instead of the Chris and Sammy show, he'd be the Chris Mitten show for that's him. Amazing. He's a Chris too. Yeah. That's awesome. So if you could co-write with any artist dead or alive, who would it be and what would you want to write about? Any artist? Yeah. Artist songwriter. And it don't even have to be that they songwrite. It could be just an artist. It don't matter. Just just somebody that really pops in your head that you're like, you know, it it'd be cool to sit down with them and write something together. Um I mean, just from a just from a musicality standpoint. I mean, Dolly Parton, she's one of the best that's ever done it. I mean, she's written some of the most iconic songs of all time. Yeah. You know? I mean, just to see how she crafts a song, I think would be incredible. That would be cool. You know, like what, how does she get there? You know, I don't know. I think that'd be awesome. <laughs> now this would have a probably a thousand answers, but just tell us the answer that kind of pops in your head. But what song out there you've heard you wish you wrote? Oof. Oh, I wish I wrote. Uh, there's a song that uh, Old Dominion put out just because it's top of mind. I'm sure there are more like poignant. <laughs> well, like songs. I said, there's a lot of answers. Right. But there's a song that Old Dominion put out last year called Some People Do. Oh, wow. It is so heart wrenching. And like, I haven't had my heart broken in like eight years. And it made me cry. Like, that was how well written that song was that I was like, it just like stopped me in my tracks. And I was like, this is, this is how songs should make you feel. They should make you feel this deeply, you know? Yeah. yeah Cause if it don't move you, why sing it? Exactly. And man, it is just, it is <laughs> so beautiful. Yeah. I wish, I definitely wish I wrote that song. So um, in 2015, we interviewed Kelsey Ballerini. Yeah. And I asked her what, you know, where she wanted to be in five years. And I always like to tell this story before I ask the guest that same question, yeah. because the answer she gave us is almost to the T of what she's living now. Exactly. I mean, she knew exactly where she was going. Nobody was going to stop her. And as you know, she's done it. That's so where do you want to be in five years? In five years, I would love to be nominated for CMA, have a few number ones under my belt and hopefully be on a tour. My gosh, <laughs> a headlining tour. Let me specify. 
<laughs> yeah, because I might come that down and right. you actually get a tour and you're like, okay, I can't say nothing because that's what I spoke. That's right. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> so now let's look further down the road. Um, let's say 15 years down the road and you're a success on a grand scale. Whatever that looks like for you, you're yeah. there. Yeah. If the person you are today could meet your future successful self, yeah. what would you want to remind her? Oof. Um, probably of how excited I am about the small things right now. Things that feel big. I had my first photo shoot with my label the other day. Oh, wow. Last Friday. And it was just a dream. It was so much fun. And I think that I would imagine I would want to remind myself to like find the joy in every little moment, uh, doing liners for radio and having this photo shoot done. I think that would just be truly incredible. I love that answer. Cause again, I think a lot of times, you know, as people start to become a success, they forget those moments like right now, the little, like you said, the little things. And even yeah. then the grind, they, they forget that grind because it's a different grind when you're a Blake Shelton level. Because I mean, I mean, yeah, I'm not saying he don't grind, but <laughs> when he, when you have money, the right. grind is a little different <laughs> than when you're trying to chase that dream exactly. and you don't know where the next dollar is coming from. You don't know if it's ever going to make it. You have this crazy dream that many people tell you it never will happen. Right. But you just have this belief in yourself a belief in God that this is what I'm supposed to do. And right. you just keep moving forward. There's, there's just something special about that. Yeah, it's so true. <clears throat> now let's say you had a friend of yours and, You've heard him or her sing, and they've got something special. You know, as Simon Cowell would say, they have that it factor. <laughs> yeah. say that they've played maybe 40 or 50 shows, so they're still getting their feet wet on the performance side. Yeah. Um, but they've got what every artist says that stage bug where they got over on the stage, they look over the crowd, the crowd's roaring for them. They know they're in the right place, and they come to you and they say, Hannah, I know I'm called to do this. What advice would you give that specific person to kind of help guide them the next few years? I would say keep your circle close because a lot of times the people that you start to come up with, they really help shape you and they keep you grounded, but they also encourage you. You know, I, I would credit a lot of, you know, the success I've started having to the fact that, of who I surrounded myself with, you know, it's like that saying that they have where they're like, surround yourself with five millionaires and you'll be the six surround yourself <laughs> with, uh, you know, people that, you know, five five, number one hit people. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so there's this idea that like birds of a feather flock together. And so I think that whenever you've kind of, you figure out, you're kind of like, okay, I have something here and now I need to elevate that to the next level having a community around you that is doing what you do, supports what you do, and is also has that same mindset. Yeah. I think that just is going to elevate you in a totally different way than, you know, if you're like, oh, I only do music over here and nothing else is involved with music because you have to be all in, like you said earlier. So what's next for you? Um, we're going to release some music. I mean, gosh, I, so excited to finally get to say that. <laughs> right. um, so that's definitely priority number one for us right now is 
getting everything together to put out this batch of songs that we got to go in and record at the end of last year um, and pick a single and go to radio and do the deal. That is, and we'll have to get you back on when you release stuff. Yes, I would love that. Um, now, as we come down to close here with the last question, what do you want your legacy to be? What What do you want to ultimately be known for? Um, again, I think probably creating community. I want people to feel like when they leave my show that they had a personal connection with me, but also that they shared a moment with everybody in that room that will never be recreated. And it's something that they carry with them and take with them. And I think if you can do something to create that night after night, then you really have something special to leave behind. And that that people see themselves positively and have positive feelings about any interaction that they ever have with me, whether it's personal, whether it's on a computer screen or over a TV or through a song that that I leave them with positivity. And that's how I feel about our show. I want, you know, when people are around me that they leave better. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because again, you know, life is tough as it is. And in the middle of a pandemic, it gets even more tougher. It's like, you know, so much is going on. So many people are hurting right now. No, people don't know when we're going to come out of all this. And I know a lot of people, that's a big thunder, (laughs) but a lot of people believe that we're going to, funny, I'm talking about this. And and boom, I've got a big flash of lightning. Uh, that was a really crazy moment there. Uh, but you but you sit there and through all this, a lot of people don't know what's going to happen. Some people believe we're going to get semi-normal this year. I kind of think it's next year. I believe 2022 will be the year that we get whatever normal is going to be. It's going to be next year. Right. But people are struggling right now. And I think music and entertainment is a key factor to help them get through these moments. Totally Totally. So as we, any, any final my, words? My cat is trying to ruin the very end of this interview. Would be to tell everybody to keep up with me on socials, Hannah Gray Ellis on Instagram and Twitter and Hannah Ellis on all other social platforms and, you know, be looking out for new music because it's coming. Love that. And like I said earlier, you know, we I really enjoyed having you on the show today. We definitely look forward to having you back. Thank you. I'm so excited. Thank you guys so much for having me. Oh, that was great. Oh, good deal.